Abdel. I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. I'm always glad to be back with my guy, Mr. Chris Kennedy. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, buddy? You know, it's a, it's a lovely Tuesday evening, and uh, I'm actually excited because I've got a wedding to go to this coming weekend up in Portland, Maine. Ooh. So I get to get away for a little bit and, uh, you know, dress up and uh, drink some free booze and do a little dancing because I like to dance. Who doesn't, right? I like to dance, yeah, especially after a few drinks. You know, it gets a little bit crazy. I like to cut a little rug, yeah. So we're going to see what happens. And just don't come back injured, man. We don't need any players on the injured reserve and, you know, losing time like certain people that we're seeing today. Funny story uh, quickly about um, injuring yourself while dancing. when I was 25, I was living in Boston with a bunch of buddies. And every weekend we had a keg party in our, at our apartment in Boston. Uh-oh. And one of my friends actually tore his ACL dancing, oh, man. dancing. <laughs> it happens, man. See, that shit happens. You got to be careful when you're cutting a rug, right? Yeah. He also was in a great dancer. So just like limbs were going in certain yeah. places that they shouldn't have been. And yeah. he just wiped out. Yeah, yeah, it's not good, man. Not good. Yeah. So take care of yourself because, you know, you're part of the roster, man. We can't lose you to the IR. Exactly. So take care of yourself. You know, don't do anything stupid. Easier said than done. But I mean, hey, it is. What but it yeah, is. exactly. Yeah. 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 OK, buddy. <laughs> we have so much news, Chris. I mean, I, I literally, uh, when I was jotting down a couple of highlights, I was like, holy Christ, there is so much to talk about. So let's dive mm-hmm. right in. First and foremost, breaking news today, Travis Etienne, my boy. I'm, I, I'm wiping away tears as I'm, as I'm saying this. He gets diagnosed with a Liz Frank foot injury, Julio style. He opts for surgery. He is done for the year. They placed him on injured reserve. And you know, it's funny because I was asking you guys earlier, I said, uh, what the hell is the injured reserve rules this year? Because I feel like Mm. they changed it because you could call back guys last year. And apparently it's only when you're on the 53 man roster. So I clarified that for my own sanity, but for the fact that, you know, even though Travis could come back, uh, uh, I guess around like week 12 ish, you know, based on injury and recovery time, they're likely going to shut him down for the whole season, man. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, especially, you know, rookie year, this is a team that's not going to be competing for a playoff spot. So, you know, there's no there's no need to rush him back and really kind of push that kind of a thing, um, especially where they have a guy like James Robinson, who was a top 10 running back last year. Yeah, so right away, we'll jump into that. I mean, it sucks for Etienne. I was hoping that he was going to showcase his electric playmaking speed ability and you know it's just not going to happen this year i am very upset even though i'm keeping it together right now i am i'm extremely upset but j rob man let's talk about him for a bit he gets an instant uptick in value now i mean he's basically i won't even say he's going to leapfrog etienne's uh adp at this point based on what we saw last year what he could do with the volume what he could do in the past game and and you know mm-hmm. not having much competition behind him i mean where are you at with james robinson James Robinson, uh, for me, before the injury uh, to ETN, he was, I think, my RB30. And because of that injury now, you know, where he is going to get that full workload like he saw last season, he's back up into the, I think I have him right now as my RB16, RB17. So definitely an RB2 for me, you know, someone that you could probably get in, you know, round two, round three right now, probably. 
If he goes round three, I'm in. I I, I think that's glory. Even if oh, it's absolutely. late round two, I I'm I'm cool with it. I think that it's it's good value. And based on what he he showed last year, I'm totally okay with that. What about Carlos Hyde? He comes back into the conversation now in fantasy relevance. I mean, what did the guy do last year? What he was thousand yards, right? So I mean, he still's got a little motor in him, and he's got his coach to back him up. That's why he brought him to Jacksonville. I think Carlos Hyde is one of these guys now. He's back on the radar, and people can get great value in the, in the end of the draft. And I also think Carlos Hyde is a guy who people have just kind of forgotten about over the last few seasons. So I think that if you're in your league, unless you're you know drafting with a bunch of you know football savants, you're going to be able to get him at a really really good discount. And he's somebody that you can absolutely have as a handcuff who could help you. You know you know he would definitely vulture some touchdowns. I don't see him being used very heavily in the receiving game because the guy isn't very good receiving back. Mm -hmm. Um, But where this is a team that's going to be playing from behind quite a bit, I don't know how much usage he's going to get later on in games. He's definitely going to have to get that workload in the first and second quarter. Savant, look at you breaking out the fancy words. Savant. I had to to look it up because I didn't know what it meant. I'm looking it up right now because you stumped me on that one. (laughs) <laughs> but this this Jacksonville backfield now, I mean, okay, fine. We know how it's shaken out, but this team overall, they do got injuries piling up already, and, I mean, it's going to be interesting. But speaking of poor news, bad news, Carl Lawson, he suffers a Jets defensive end. He suffers an Achilles mm. injury on Thursday, ending his season. Huge loss for the Jets defense. I mean, it was going to be C.J. Mosley. It was going to be Carl Lawson and others. And, and this is a massive loss for a Robert Salah defense because you know he was going to have these guys amped up and ready to go. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is a team that has gone into a whole new regime, coaching staff, offense, you know, defense. This is a team that's completely rebuilding. And Lawson was going to be one of those leaders on the defensive side of the ball. And so that's a big, big blow for this team. Um, not that expectations were going to be super high for, for the Jets, but it definitely is a big, big blow for them, you know, especially where, they needed that defense to help, you know, on the other side of the ball where they have the rookie quarterback. Absolutely. And I mean, they're, they're already looking for a trade partner. I heard uh, Carlos Dunlap's name being flying around there from Seattle in a potential trade to come over. So, you know, they want that edge rushing presence. And yeah, this one hurts for the Jets big time, man. Daryl Henderson, Chris, this one was big in, in some degree, even though the injury severity hasn't been stated to be overly uh, negative. Daryl Henderson injures mm-hmm. his thumb. Yeah, they call it a sprained thumb day to day, week to week. I mean, this isn't overly concerning. He'll, he should heal up at least to the point where you can still trust him as your RB1. I completely agree. I, I think it would be a lot different if he was a wide receiver and he had a you know an injured thumb. I think it'd be a little bit more difficult there. But as a running back, you know, you got to keep two hands on the ball anyway. So for him, I think he's going to be fine. Fumbles. Watch out for the fumbles. If he does, if he has some kind of cast or something on there, I, I don't know. And, and and if he does, maybe he should just, you know, reach out to Tiki Barber and, you know, get that high and tight lockdown. Tiki Barber, man. You're, you're on fire already. We've only got five minutes in, man. Bringing up Savant and Tiki Barber. Oh, my God. I got to keep up, man. Speaking of the shocking twist, Mr. Chris Rim. Carson Wentz, he is on the field. He is running. He is practicing. And they gave us a 5-12 to week window for this injury, and they lied to us, man. These guys are lying to us on a weekly. This is very interesting to me because he's back. They're saying he's going to be the week one starter, which I find to be absolutely astonishing based on Mm -hmm. the injury, based on surgery on the foot, removing a bone. 
Um, yeah, this is crazy, man. And this, this, this gives me the warm and fuzzies because now everybody that I was preaching up beforehand, before this injury in his Colts offense, the Paris, even to a lesser extent, you know, the, the, uh, T Y Hilton and, and the, the Pittman, man, these names are fading me, but I mean, everybody I'm, I'm seriously, I'm getting my juices pumping, man. What about you? You got your juices pumping? Yeah, but you know who I'm getting my juices pumping for? Jonathan Taylor, Taylor. because now yes, with a with a capable, competent quarterback under center, you're not going to be seeing those eight man boxes in fronts that you may have seen with like Easton Stick under center. So for for me, or you know, even oh, Jacob Easton, I that's that's your boy. So yeah, no, maybe, he's maybe. not my boy. I was Ellinger, man. <laughs> Sorry, you were Sam Ellinger. That's yeah, right. That's right. And so <laughs> I think that I think with having Wentz back and having him back, hopefully to start the season. That's great news for anyone that either, you know, currently owns Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if we can say the word owns, um, but whatever. But if you're somebody that Stop rosters Jonathan it. Taylor, um, that's great news for for you. Absolutely. Hands down. That's an inside joke that we saw on Twitter earlier. And I mean, whatever, we'll just tip our hat to that individual and say, move on, because that's just silliness. But yeah, I'm with you, man. I think. You know, even today we saw T.Y. getting the, the bomb dropped in his bread basket from uh, Carson Wentz. And I mean, it was a glorious throw. He's kind of flying under the radar at this point. I get it. Health has been an issue for T.Y. these last few years. Obviously, there's going to be a changing of the guard at the wide receiver position. I think even this year, Paris and Pittman potentially taking a lot more of the snaps, a lot more of the receptions. I mean, don't don't fade uh, our, our old reliable Zach Pascal either. I mean, he's probably going to get some work in there. But I mean, T.Y. I don't hate and he's starting to move up my board a little bit as a sneaky kind of he's not necessarily a sleeper because everybody knows about him, but people are sleeping on him right now based on his value to potential return on investment. And with Carson Wentz back, I think he's he's going to be able to force feed all these guys and and give mm-hmm. them the opportunity to do damage. I, I completely agree with you. And right now, when you're looking at ADP, uh, Wentz is still going at the end of the 14th round. So if you're Crazy. if you're having. I mean, let's let's be honest here. The NFL season starts in about a week and a half, you know, less than two weeks. So a lot of teams, a lot of people out there are going to be having their drafts. You can get Wentz as your QB, two at an absolute steal right now for somebody who has plenty, plenty of weapons. I mean, I'm going to throw out another word here. He has a plethora of Ooh. offensive weapons. I like that word, too. I use that's in my vocabulary box all the time. A plethora of of wide receivers and talents are you scared of risk to re-injury though i think this is kind of the the question that i had still i mean it's it's okay are they going to nurse him along for these next two weeks before week one probably and likely are you scared he could re-injure this foot and your investment on him could be you know poo-pooed yeah and that's why i definitely would not want him as my qb1 and especially where he has a track record of injuries throughout his career I mean, even if this wasn't, you know, a risk of re-injury, just the risk of injury in general with Wentz is always going to be a concern for me. Yeah, fair enough. I'm with you too. I, I still like his value. I like it, uh, him with Frank Reich, Coach Reich. I'm, I, I love it all day long. The Colts are on the rise, trending up, baby, trending up. The poor Dolphins, Lynn Bowden. Did you see this one? I just, I saw that. I think I saw it a couple of hours ago, man. It makes me sad because I'm a Lynn Bowden truther. I like this kid. I think, you know, fine. He's a gadget type of guy running back wide receiver, you know, uh, but he was showing man. He was showcasing his ability. This one was weird though. They place him on injured reserve 
and it was mm-hmm. a hamstring pull. And I was like, why would you guys put him on injured reserve if it's a hamstring pull? But it's likely because they're going to cut him and they just wanted the roster spot at this point so they can release him later on with an injury designation to at least pay him some money. So this to me says that Bowden is likely going to find his way onto another roster, which I find the opportunity to be good and positive. I'm actually excited for this man uh, moving forward. And I was kind of thinking, where do I want him to go? Because I, I truly believe he does have very good value. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I feel bad for the guy because if he does find his way to another team, this will be his third team in just two seasons. I mean, drafted by the Raiders in the third round, then he goes to the Dolphins and now potentially could be, you know, going somewhere else. So I do hope that he can latch onto a team, stay there, stay healthy and really show his potential because we we saw what he could do as a running back and a receiver in Miami. Yeah, totally. And I think it's it, just because it was too crowded in Miami. They have so many wide receivers. You know, they they didn't really see a a, a good way to utilize him as a running back. So that's kind of why he kind mm-hmm. unless he kind of he's going to be one of these guys anyway, I think moving forward in the league. So, I mean, he's going to kind of get a niche item from his game, I think, to stick on with somebody. But I mean, there's somebody out there that could definitely give him a role, give him a job, man. You know, Atlanta's one I could see definitely work. Um, I don't know, a couple others maybe you got in mind. I, I not not New England because we have plenty of wide receiver fours <laughs> yeah, that's, already. That's basically what you guys have on your team. You don't need them. But Lynn Bowden, I feel for you, man. I'm looking for you to go to a different squad and produce. Your boy, man. We're continuing down. Injury headlines to get you guys schooled up. Your boy, Adam Troutman. He injures himself on preseason Monday Night Football, and you can see Chris deflate over there. He's deflating as we speak. Like, uh, what's that cartoon uh, that they had with the Baymax. That's what it was. He's deflating like Baymax. My body is now flaccid. <laughs> Another good word. Man, this guy's got his thesaurus right beside him tonight. But Adam Troutman, man, he goes off on the cart. The Saints, it initially looked really bad, but the Saints are saying it's a he avoided major injury. I mean, what's your risk tolerance now on Adam Troutman uh, going into drafts in the next couple of weeks here? Going to drafts, I mean, you definitely want to be a little bit, a little bit cautious because, I mean, as you mentioned, I'm a huge Troutman guy. I have him rostered in all of my dynasty leagues. Oh. And current, so currently, um, and this is going to be a spicy take because I don't know if anyone else has him ranked higher. I'm sure there's some psycho out there that does. But in redraft, I have him as my my tight end 12 right now. Okay. Troutman. Yeah. You have Troutman at 12. Adam Troutman, tight end 12. I'm just, PPR. I'm just confirming the spice because that is like cajun with a pepper and then like the you know death spice yeah his his adp right now is uh tight end 18 i've got him in the, in the top 12 mm-hmm. i've got him above like gasicki irv smith wow. evan yeah i've got him above guys that i probably shouldn't but now because of this injury depending on the severity i am most likely going to be obviously dropping him down yeah fair enough and i mean i wasn't overly sold i understand why you were I mean, I was probably more like the 18 to 25 range. I understand there's not real big competition there. I mean, uh, Vanette or Ver- Verit, what's his last uh, name? Uh, Nick, Nick Vanette. Vanette, thank you very much. He yeah. got injured as well. So, I mean, they're desperate for tight end. So, I mean, if Troutman does come back, he avoids serious injury, comes back for week one. I mean, there's definite possibility, but I am on board because of the guy that could be throwing him the ball. Even though we're in injury news, let's discuss this because it just happened on Monday Night Football. Jameis Winston, man, he looked freaking yeah. 
awesome. And, and I mean, good for the guy, because I mean, everyone's been so uh, heavily scrutinizing his game. I mean, he, he played unbelievably well. What he, I think he only had one incomplete pass. He was finding Marquez Callaway. Like it was going out of style. Callaway had a monster day as well. Two touchdowns scored one beautiful one over the shoulder. And I mean, uh, everything looked great. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you there. I mean, and watching him throw, I mean, it was, I, I, I don't, I'm not making light of this, but I think the LASIK surgery actually really did help him. I think that Absolutely. his vision is, is much better than what it was. Um, I don't know how I feel about the huge celebration dance party they had in the locker room after, after a preseason game, but you know what, Jameis do you boo boo do you whatever, whatever it takes. Um, and Ian Rappaport did, did uh, come out and say that right now he is the, kind of like the leader in the in the clubhouse for that starting quarterback position. And if Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback, and I said this before, Alvin Kamara very well could be your fantasy RB1. Yeah, man. And this was everything that was predicated upon my opinion of how this New Orleans Saints team would go for me in the likeness of me drafting them. And it all started with Jameis Winston. If he was not the starting quarterback and it was Taysom Hill, I was out on basically yep. everybody, including Kamara. And I know that's a maybe a silly take, but I just couldn't trust it. And I would rather go with something that's more sure, even though Kamara is a sure thing. I mean, we haven't seen it with a lesser quarterback without Drew Brees, right? So Jameis right. Winston gives you all that upside and I'm all for it because that was just absolutely fantastic what we witnessed and I, and I like what I saw. What about Callaway, man? I mean, this the Saints have been trying. Everyone's been trying Traquan Smith all these years. I jumped off the board after year two. But Callaway's looking like he could be number two reliable there. I think he very well could. I mean, um, I know in DFS, there were a bunch of times where I, I slid him into some lineups last year for DFS. And, uh, and I do think that if, you know, if they can get this relationship and this rapport going between Winston and Callaway early, then it may take him a few more weeks to really kind of solidify that that role for him. But come week five, week six, maybe a little bit sooner, we could see Callaway as that number two guy. I love it. I, I You know, finding those diamonds, this is what wins your fantasy leagues, baby. Another one of your boys, man, finds himself in murky territory. And Why are all of my guys, like, not I, okay right I, now? I don't know. And I mean, he's my guy, too. But, I mean, you were kind of in the love train with him, and it's DeAndre Swift. So they're saying right now that Mr. DeAndre Swift is not likely is a big question mark to play week one because of yeah. his injury, because of the mm -hmm. lack of uh, training. And I mean, it was interesting because the coach, uh, Mr. Bite and kneecaps off said, you know, he would like to see this uh, Swift and Williams be like Kamara and Ingram in the Saints days. And I mean, I could buy it. I think that's a very sound uh, comparison of what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But now this is kind of scary. If he's not going to be ready for week one, I mean, what are we thinking about Swift? Is this like a week three, four kind of opening up? I think it depends on how severe this groin injury of his actually is because for a running back, yeah, groin injury concerns me quite a bit. So I want to know like how severe this injury is going to be. If it's more of like, hey, we may keep him out week one just as like a precautionary, mm. you know, because we know that this team is going to be garbage regardless and we're going to be fighting for a top three draft pick next year, then sure, I'm completely fine with it and I don't mind, you know, drafting him where I normally would, especially if he only misses a game. But if it's something that continues to linger, kind of like a hamstring injury does, mm. then yeah, then I'm 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 really really scared. This one fears me a lot, and I, I love Swift. I love the skill set. I mean, 
you know what this reminds me of a little bit? It's like kind of the Michael Thomas situation last year. Everyone took a shot, mm. man, thinking it was going to work. And, you know, you got some value. He dropped a couple rounds and you got some good value and it just never came to fruition. And now I'm like, this was swift this year. And I'm like, really, am I going to take another chance? I, I get it. You know, RB ones are very hard to find and come about, but I mean, uh, does he, he's, he's on the, on the very thin line for me right now of not drafting him and letting somebody else take him. No, it's going to, it's going to be tough because there are other guys that are going right around him where I would much rather have, you know, somebody like a CEH, uh, Chris Carson. Hell I, I JK Dobbins and Montgomery are going right around the same area as Swift. And those two guys are healthy. So, and, I, and I'm smashing the button on those two all day long. JK and Monty, you give me all shares of those boys right now, mm-hmm. um, including to this next topic, CEH. I, I'll take them over CEH as well because, I mean, you just can't trust it right now. Clyde Edwards Hiller, he he goes down with an ankle injury. We saw this. I mean, this is what already five day old news, but I mean, we haven't been on the show, damn it. So I got to preach it up and tell you guys what's going on. He still is in preach. the medical. Preach. See, preach. I get I get the sense of approval. He's still in the medical room. They don't know what it is. They say it's high ankle, low ankle. They're evaluating. They do not know. And if it's high ankle sprain, what's typical six to eight weeks full recovery? I mean, if if he doesn't get rushed back, because we saw what happened with Christian McCaffrey. We saw what happened with Saquon Barkley. It took them a few weeks after coming back to really get things going. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a scary one for me. If it's low ankle, then fine. I mean, it shaves off some weeks, but this is the issue for me. And it's not that I dislike CEH at all. I I like him. I I mean, my comp for him was a better kind of, you know, receiving Doug Martin, you know, muscle hamster. Like this is kind of where I saw him like coming out of college. And Mm. he kind of still is that guy to me. I think he has the ability to, you know, bulldoze, find those holes and be effective in the pass game. But with an ankle, I mean, he, he didn't, he, he, what, he was injured last year going into the playoffs or got injured in the playoffs. It's kind of again creeping up. I mean, this is not a good look for me if you're talking about a running back that you're entrusting as your, what, RB1 slash two? Yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly the thing. You know, right now, CEH is being drafted as, you know, in a high end RB2 with the potential to be an RB1 because of how many points that this Chiefs team can actually put up. But, I mean, if he's not going to be healthy going into the season, that's just, that's a lot of red flags right there for me. Too many red flags. I am passing them up. J.K. Dobbins and David Montgomery. You guys listen to me. Let me just tell you very short and quiet and nice. These guys are going to ball out this season. I'm still, I'm still on my Chris Carson mountaintop. So. You know, and I don't hate it. You you stay on that yep. top. You could be on the top by yourself because I'm not joining you this year on that one. Like the Mount Everest of fantasy football. <laughs> the Mount Chris of Chris Carson. See, the, both of you can stay up there by yourself. <laughs> your other boy. <laughs> this is I mean, we could use we, we 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 could use a third Chris on that top of the we of could. The it could be Chris, you know, three, but I, I refuse. I will not get up there. Your other boy, Dak Prescott, man. This is Good this is God. this is the all injury show, Chris, uh Chris Rem style, man. Dak Prescott. So he's been interesting because Jerry Jones came out and said that, you know what, he's not concerned and he believes that Dak will be week one playing and ready and healthy. While you see other reports suggesting that Dak could be playing injured the entire season because of that ankle, because of that shoulder. I mean, where are you with this? Because I'm, I'm a Dak supporter. I just, I hate the fact that he's so injured already and it's taken this long. I mean, okay, they're nursing him along. It's training camp and preseason, but I mean, you'd like to see him at least start throwing balls in training camp. 
Oh, I mean, absolutely. Um, I think Jerry Jones was quoted as saying, um, it's just not worth the gain out here in practice to not get him in the rest. Um, also went on later to say very common for pulls, muscle pulls, soft tissue type injuries, meaning about, you know, Dak, Dak Prescott in a pitch count and, you know, why he's not playing in games, et cetera, et cetera. So my biggest concern here is that the confidence in Dak, and you and I talked about this on a, on a previous show mm -hmm. where even in practice, he doesn't look like he's confident in planting on that leg and really trusting that it's, it's fully healed. If in fact, it is actually fully healed. I mean, this, this is just another concern of mine, especially where I just recently traded for him in a dynasty league. And I told you not to see, and you don't listen. And I did it anyway. Yep. You did it anyway. He comes to me and says, Hey, you know, just your opinion, you know, who do you think is better here? You know? And he said, what was it? It was Trey Lance and picks. It was, Trey, Trey, it, it was, you know, it was Trey Lance, Dak Prescott, straight up, straight up. See, you're even crazier, man. I'm like, what are you doing? Yep. I said, and this guy, this guy's the guy who preaches rushing upside and, and I've, and I've supported you. And I've said, yes, the, the rushing yeah. upside in a quarterback is very valuable. And this guy just instantly is like, I did it anyway. I'm like, dude, put down <laughs> the beers, man. What are you doing? So, yeah. So for Dak Prescott, um, oh, I still love him. I love, I love the long-term future for him. Sure. No, this no year question. though, it definitely, it, it definitely does concern me a little bit. Yeah, there's no question about the long run. I mean, but it is Trey Lance, man. You see in this boy throw the ball right now? Trey Lance is a monster. I know. And and it, honestly, it was it was his receivers that kind of let him down early on in the game on some it of those was. drives. But he, my gosh, he threw some dots. He's, he's absolute that, dots. He, that vol man, when we scouted that boy and we're talking about arm velocity mm -hmm. being one of his traits, Good look what God. he's doing. He's putting the league on notice to say, I am one of the strongest arm throwers out here and you better recognize. But hey. Dak Prescott, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for you, man. I am. I don't like seeing guys go down and with crazy injuries like he had and not succeed. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Dak, but you're scaring mm -hmm. me. You're scaring yep. me to death and I'm going to have to pass you up at this point again, man. You know, you know, we're going to have to rename the show to, you know, Chris's injury team because Nikhil Harry, your boy for your team, he's out four weeks with a shoulder injury. And I mean, maybe he's not your boy anymore because you wanted him out of town too, but. I mean, he he may not even make the 53-man the roster at this point with this injury. They may just decide to, to part ways with him, um, which if that does happen, um, I do have a uh, Nikhil Harry uh, jersey that I'll be giving away for free. We'll auction that <laughs> off you know, for charity or something, it'll be completely free. Perfect. You know, all the money will go to, to go to charity proceeds and we'll move on. It'll come with the Cam Newton Jersey. You'll put them in a tandem together. We'll auction it off for goodwill. Yeah, and si since I ordered my, the Mac, my, my Mac Jones Jersey, along with Matthew Slater today, Here then yeah, go. Cam Newton will be in that same rotation. I love it. You know, we'll see. Maybe, maybe Stefan Gilmore too. Who knows? <laughs> Just send them all away packing, man. It was a one year expiration date on those things. I tell you. This is interesting, man. It's not an injury, but I mean, we'll round it off here with uh, with the injury headlines because it kind of falls into the uh oh category. Is it another one of my guys? No, it's not. Well, I think it's okay. our guy. We like him All a right. lot. It's Deshaun Watson. Mm. And okay, we talked so much about Deshaun, but now this is kind of coming out and this is interesting. So the criminal case reports are the criminal case against Deshaun Watson may ensure that he is el eligible to play the entire 2021 season. Insanity to me. Watson, who has yet to be placed on the commissioner's exempt list, 
he would need to be interviewed by the league so that they can suspend him under personal conduct policy. And that won't happen as long as the criminal case is under investigation. So damn it. Deshaun Watson might've found a loophole with his lawyers to play this season. Can you freaking believe it? Because in some leagues I got Deshaun Watson with like my second last pick. Yeah. I was able to get, um, I was able to get Deshaun Watson in the Scott fishbowl as my QB three. So yeah. Um, QB right four now, for me in the Scott Fishbowl is Deshaun. See, Watson. that's that's insane. Insanity. Because right, right now, where is Watson? He's still. I don't low. even have it. I don't even have his ADP like pulled up right now. Like that's how that's how low he's going right now in drafts because most people don't expect him to play. So, and especially especially for you dynasty owners out there right now, make an offer for for Deshaun Watson. Um, I remember in one league of mine, uh, one of the other guys, I think I offered, I forget the offer that it was, but I, I was like, Hey, how about, you know, this guy for, for Deshaun Watson straight up, you know, cause you don't know what's going to happen and you need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that are in dynasty leagues right now, make offers for Watson, because I guarantee you he's from what it sounds like he's going to play this year and he's going to be playing for future seasons. And when he does play, he is a top three, top four talent at the QB position. And his current ADP rank is 22 going in. 12, oh, my gosh. 12.12. That's where he's he's landing as of today. And, and that is insanity value right now. And I mean, OK, again, we've talked about this. I mean, if he's guilty, then you know what? Yeah. Then, you know, throw the book at him. Um, yep. But if he's not, I mean, hey, give guys benefit of the doubt, man. I mean, innocent till proven guilty. Right. So. Interesting stuff with Deshaun Watson. I just, you know, every, all this legal maneuvering to find a loophole in this entire situation, it almost gives you credence to say how much of this has been fabricated and isn't correct and isn't true. The fact that they were able to do this for this long. I mean, we found out about this shit going, what, back to March, I want to think, right? Yeah, this has been going on for months and months now, but it's been over the last, you know, and it was hot and heavy for the first, you know, month or so. And then after that, it just it died down. It wasn't getting much traction. Everything was kind of at a standstill. Um, you know, you had new people come forward with their, you know, with their stories. You had other people kind of retracting their stories and dropping their cases. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how the whole thing plays out. Interesting stuff. Indeed. Well, let's move to some headlines, baby. Something that's gonna actually going to get you some news here. Robbie Anderson, man, he signs a new two-year extension, 29.2 or 29.5, excuse me, million dollars. I don't know what his guarantees were. They didn't really say it, but I mean, I'm okay with this. An extra two years at 29. I mean, he's, he's, he's proven that he can be extremely reliable as a deep threat, as a target. And I mean, okay. He had a little bit of an injury bug, but he played in this last preseason game. If I'm not mistaken, looked decent. So I'm, I'm all, I'm on board with Robbie Anderson in Carolina. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, first year in a new, in a new team, new system, you know, casually gets a thousand receiving yards. I mean, he's a great compliment to DJ Moore, and, you know, especially with, you know, depending on what happens at the quarterback position with them this year, you know, whether it's Sam Darnold or, or not, I do think that this is just a great opportunity for Anderson to really show what he can do. Did you just say if it's Sam Darnold or not? Did that just come out yeah. of your mouth? Yeah. Why? explain yourself sam darnold is going to be this qb1 this year you know this come on okay sorry to start the season yes will sam darnold revert back to his his old jet ways maybe maybe not no, i don't he know will not. 
okay, let's let's hope for the best and just send them all the good vibes. You know, this sounds this sounds like another beer event here. We have to make a bet on because I'm all for Sam Darnold this year. I think he's I, gonna- I'm I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. You want do you want to put another twelve pack of beer on this? No, because I'm already feeling a little bit <laughs> iffy about our last one. Oh, you know, come on, man. But Robbie Anderson, man, he signs his big deal and or big deal. He signs his extension and he is going to play. Speaking of your Patriots and your Cam Newton jersey, this is the interesting stuff that's going to get me my 12 pack of beer in our bet because they are not happy with Cam Newton. You're the Patriots guy. School the people up. Let them know what's going on in Patriot land because Mac Money Jones is is the door has opened a lot wider for him to now become the starting quarterback. Yes. So Cam Newton, um, apparently there was a misunderstanding. He uh, he had a COVID test. It was negative. He does still have to be away from the team for five days, though, uh, before he can go into this whole reentry process. And the one thing that is interesting to for for me is I'm going to assume that he is not vaccinated because he's not allowed to uh, travel with the team. And if you're not, if you're not vaccinated, you can't travel with the team. I did not know that. So that's a big red flag there. And Belichick said, you know, he's like, this is an opportunity for Mac Jones to really show something to the coaching staff. And if Mac Jones, you know, balls out, then yeah, he very well could be the week one starter. But there are rumors going around saying that a lot of people are starting to get frustrated with Cam Newton and that's not very good news. It is not good news. And I think he feels the heat, man, because, you know, this is how, you know, this business is dirty, man. We know this. I mean, that one day you're a Superman pulling, you know, your, your shirt off and showing the, the Superman logo. And the next day you're, you're, you're just old news. And, and this is kind of how I feel like it happened for Cam. And, and from that perspective, you kind of feel sorry for the guy because he was the, correct me if I'm wrong, league MVP. I mean, so it's, it's a tough road now you're seeing for Cam Newton. And it's not, he's not that far, you know, that many years you know, removed from being the league MVP. I mean, it was what, 2016, 2015, maybe when Something he took like his that. team to yeah. the Super Bowl against the Broncos and, it's tough. You know, he's a great talent, but you know, age and injuries catch up to you after a certain amount of time. And I do think that he, as much as he wants to believe that he can still play is uh, he's at the, you know, he's kind of at the end of the road, the pinnacle of his career. It's at the end. And you know what we're going to say when he, when he departs, beer me up, Scotty, beer me up. You like that? I didn't like that. I didn't like that that at all. That was was rude. It's lame, whatever. Justin Fields, man, he is going to get Mm. a start this week uh, to conclude preseason. This is interesting to me because I think uh, the writing is kind of starting to get on the wall a little bit. He's done enough. I mean, Buffalo took his head off. I mean, that was that was a vicious literally literally took his it took his cap off and i mean that was a vicious vicious hit man and i mean okay flag for sure i mean it was helmet to helmet but man he didn't he didn't even move but he came off that edge and just lights out man but i mean he's starting this week and this is interesting i want to bring it up because what does he have to do in this game to to solidify himself as a week one starter? Because I get it, man. You know, Coach Nagy's got to play this game all the time. Oh, it's Andy all the way. It's Andy. But you know these guys, it happens every year. He's going to say at the end of, of preseason, he wanted to make it look like it was a true competition when in the back of his mind, he's already, yeah, yeah, Justin's my guy, but I got to make this politically look good. 
I mean, is mm-hmm. that kind of how you're seeing it too? Because what is outside of a flop? I think Fields has a legitimate shot of being week one starter material. Absolutely, he can be. I think that what Fields needs to do, he needs to make sure that he, you know, protects the ball, doesn't turn it over, but he also can't be afraid. Like, I don't want to see like, you know, 12 checkdowns. I want to see him take some shots, show that he's not afraid to make the big play and he's not afraid to win the game for the team. Don't be a game manager like, you know, the like you have an Andy Dalton. I want to see that he can go out there and control this offense and be the guy to help win the game and keep them in the game as opposed to being the guy that just won't lose it for them. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know what this does for me with fields on the, on the, as a starting quarterback, it uplifts David Montgomery that much more. And, and it's just crazy because now you're rushing upside from your quarterback makes you more multidimensional. And if coach Nagy does not understand this at this point, I understand the Andy Dalton argument. I get it. Okay. You want the, the, the veteran in there with the experience and he's not a bad quarterback. It's not like we're talking about Dan uh, Danucci or something, man. Like this is Andy Dalton is still a very serviceable guy. I mean, he can win you eight games, nine games, put you up 35 to 4,000 yards. I mean, he can do this. But I mean, you're at the point in Chicago now, and it's not even, you know, if I'm Coach Nagy, it's not even about just saving my job. It's about doing the right thing. And I think the right thing outside of something that we just don't see and we don't know, Andy Dalton should not be the week one starter, regardless at this point. You drafted him. He's the next franchise. Let him do his thing. What will save his job is putting Justin Fields under center week one. That's what's going to save his job, because if he has Andy Dalton, no, absolutely not. Yeah, I actually like that. It'll save his job to play the, I like that. Well done. You know, Mike Dickey even came out. He's like, you don't draft quarterbacks in the first round if you're not going to play them. And I'm like, oh, Mike, I'm like, calm down. Buddy. Yeah, yeah, no, what you do is you sell the entire farm for a running back. That's what you do, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ricky Williams, man. I'll give you, I'll give you my, all my seven picks, my six picks for him. Oh, surprise cut today. You see this man, Javian Hawkins. He gets cut by the Atlanta Falcons, undrafted rookie free agent. I was, or was, maybe it was the other day, but this is shocking to me because I, I was a big Javian guy. I thought, you know what? They overlooked him in the draft, but he has the wheels. He has the speed, but obviously he didn't do near enough to turn the heads of the Falcons coaching staff. And they like the chances with Cordero Patterson over Hawkins. I'm, I'm baffled at this man. Like, what does Cordero Patterson do that Hawkins apparently could not do? I don't know. Maybe use him as a return man. You know, maybe sure, have maybe have him as that that multifaceted kind of a guy. Um, I mean, yeah, Patterson's a big body dude. Like he's fast. He's a, a big guy. Um, but he's he's more of just like that that gadget player. You move him around where you need to, and I think Hawkins just is more of that one dimensional type player. He still had breakaway wheels. This was a great uh, compliment to what Mike Davis is. Yeah, I don't see Cordero Patterson breaking free anymore. He's too old. Come on. It's, you know, it, it's the Falcons. All right. I kind of gave up on whatever they were trying to do years ago. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> well, they helped you win a Super Bowl, Chris. I mean, you know, pay the respects where it's due every time. They didn't help us win a Super Bowl. All right. They got their asses stomped. Whoa. That's Whoa. what happened. Whoa. So does Hawkins land somewhere? I mean, I get it. Undrafted rookie free agent, a big uphill climb. Mm-hmm. He's got a latch on somewhere. I'd love to see your bills pick them up, to be honest with you. Oh, I don't hate that at all. I think I think that would be a great option for them, you know, give a little bit of little bit of running back, you know, uh, depth there in that room. Singletary's been looking really good so far this preseason. You know, Moss is still iffy in my in my eyes. So I think Hawkins could probably latch on there and and fight for a potential RB two role. 
Oh, I don't dislike that, man. We don't have a really fast running back to, excuse me, take the top off of defenses. I don't hate that. Look at you thinking about my team. You're going to give, you're going to give me beers and you're going to like uh, look out for my team. This is, this is shaping up as a good off season ender. You know, it's me great. I'm going to lick the top of every one of those beers before <laughs> I send it to you. Son of a bitch. This is an interesting one because it's twofold. And uh, okay, I don't like talking about stuff like this because we don't know. And it's still up for debate and up for interpretation. Jamar Chase, man. So both ways, mm. it's, a, it's up for interpretation. And it's his uh, baby mama apparently posted some things on Instagram suggesting that he laid hands on her and that he was uh, quote unquote, uh, I won't use the term because I'm a kitty know. cat. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> A kitty cat. And and I mean, you know, that's not a good look, right? I mean, you're a rookie. And if this did happen and then you see somebody said that she's a model looking for attention, I am not speculating. That is not my opinion. Don't get that twisted. I just don't know. I don't like the look of this because this has everything to do with danger for him, especially at the start of the camp where he hasn't been playing overly well. Um, but I mean, this 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 scares me, Chris. It scares me right now. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, re- I'm in the, with you, you know, at least for, for redraft, you know, for this season, certainly um, if it is true, then yeah, he's going to be facing probably legal, you know, situations, suspension from the league. Um, if you're, if you're drafting in dynasty, I'm not worried about it at all, to be honest with you, because the kid is so young. He's so talented. He's going to have his future ahead of him. He's going to be a, a, a top talent in this league. Um and yeah, like you said, it could go both ways. You know, if he did it, then absolutely he needs to be suspended. He needs to have, you know, the legal ramifications as well. Um, you did mention that she did delete it almost yes. immediately, very yes. quickly after she posted it. Mm-hmm. So it could have been another situation. And I don't want to speculate where they had an argument and, you know, maybe they pushed each other, whatever the case may have been, um, you know, or maybe he did, did something he should not have done at all. So we'll see how things pan out. You know, we'll see what happens after the dust settles and, you know, see what happens. But um, yeah, dynasty, not worried at all. Uh, I'm still drafting him where I normally would redraft though. I'd be probably thinking a little bit more carefully about that. So then on the second fold is where I'm going on the field play. This is interesting because the reports came out and it was suggested that he could lose time in regular season snaps to our Auden Tate. And I'm like, what? Who is smoking the drugs over there in that reporting staff? Because, I mean, really, to Tate, Jamar Chase. Okay, so here's the thing. Everybody needs to understand. He sat out the year. He opted out. And we knew this was going to be an issue when we uh, evaluated him before. That was one of our knocks on him. The fact that you're losing a step. But then what did we say back then? I mean, it was all the way going back to, what, February. And we Mm -hmm. were talking about Chase, and we're saying, you know – do we even know that he's been in the weight room conditioning and training this whole time on the jugs machine with other quarterbacks, which clearly he had been doing because he was ripped coming into camp. But I mean, this is interesting because you didn't see him, the the Bengals utilize him in the game, but yet reports are out here suggesting that he could lose time to Tate. So then that t- tells me that it is definitely uh, bullshit and it's a lie because if you wanted him to work some stuff out, you would be putting him on the field instead of saving him, which is looking like what they're trying to do. Yeah, I agree. Because from a talent perspective, I mean, he's not getting benched over for, for Tate. Let's be honest there. Okay. Um, so I think I think you're I think you're spot on right there. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens come week one because you don't draft the guy number four overall 
you know, to make him your wide receiver three. <laughs> yeah, man. Imagine, or imagine wide drafting, four. Yeah, imagine drafting Julio Jones to say, hey, man, you're going to play, you know, as on, only on deep threat. That's all you're doing. Yeah, yeah. We're going to put you in on like third and 20s. And that's yeah. about it. And you'll be the gunner on, on punt returns. Yeah, we'll, we'll put you there. You know, Matthew Slater? Yeah, watch a lot of film on him. He, you're going to be him. <laughs> you're going to be him. Oh, my Lord. I brought this one up a couple weeks ago. I think you kind of laughed at me a little bit. I, I'm, I'm here to, you know, vindicate, vindicate myself a little bit and, and validate myself. I, whatever word you want to use. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Look at this oh, guy. God. Look at this guy. <laughs> I, I brought it up before the light was shining yep. through the clouds. Yep. And I said, hey, you know, watch out for this Peoples-Jones. And Chris emphatically says, man, this guy's going to be nothing. I, I don't know what you really said, but that's kind of how you. Nah, made, that was probably that was pretty, pretty. That's, that's how you made me feel inside. My heart really hurt after we finished that show. And I, you know, had to be consoled with a few beverages after. Like, that's how bad you took it. And now look, he's the wide receiver three in the running, baby. And and he's been making plays, Chris. Yeah, well, he absolutely has. Um, right now, I think that he's somebody that you can definitely have, you know, especially where OBJ is coming back from that injury, you know, with the ACL. Who knows if he can stay healthy? So if, if OBJ can't stay healthy and he goes down for whatever reason, yeah, Peoples Jones was right up to that wide receiver two spot. And, you know, right now where he's going like the 21st, 22nd round, mm. that's an absolute steal for a potential top 28, top 30 wide receiver. Yeah, man. And what is this year three for him? It's year three. Yeah. Right? Yeah. See, yeah. The, year, the year three breakout for some of these wide receivers. Always keep that in the back of your mind a little bit. These guys are coming, you know, and they're, they, they need a few years to build and they didn't get enough playing time to, you know, perfect their craft. And I'm, I'm a fan, you know, out of. Out of what they have there, I think uh, Peoples-Jones could actually be one of these guys that's uh, a very big difference maker with lesser coverage coming to his way. I, I love it. Flex appeal all day long yeah. for me right now. Yeah, and I do want to just clarify what I said when I said top 28, top 30 receiver. I didn't mean fantasy-wise. I meant like as far as like a depth chart was concerned sure. among other NFL receivers. All right. Uh, it's okay. You know, people will blast you for that and be like, what the hell are you talking about? But they're like, what you're trying to he's a he's a wide receiver too in fantasy. No, 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 no. not at all. <laughs> I think I think he'd be lucky if he cracks the top 50. So. Sure. And I mean, I, you know what? I could see easily if healthy, 35, 45, 550, five touchdowns. touchdowns. Yep. I'm yeah. I'm right there with you. We're we're right on yep. point. I think that's a that's a very good season. Will Fuller, man, he is back on the field. He cannot play until week two. And I, I mean, we get this. I mean, he doesn't have the enhancements to help his game at this point. And perhaps maybe he will test the waters in that department again and become suspended worthy again. But are we risking it? Are we risking? He can't play till week two, but he's obviously back on the field looking healthy and he's practicing. Are we risking it, man? Eighth I'm not. round, Eighth round ADP. Nope, not unless he is bringing his assistant strength and conditioning coach and Brian Cushing with him to uh, Miami. <laughs> I want nothing to do with Will Fuller. Uh, I love the talent. I absolutely love it. But if it weren't for those those PEDs, that that man was not going to last a full season. Like he just hasn't been able to do it. So, um, yeah, no, there there are many there are a handful of guys right around that same ADP as he that I'd much rather have. So what if he falls, man, if we're talking 11th, 12th round? Oh, absolutely. Like right now he's going towards the end of the eighth, like early ninth, maybe. If he drops the 11th or 12th, absolutely I'm taking him, okay. certainly. 
Okay, so then at least we know where the standard is. We're, we're kind of setting a little floor here for you guys to understand because that's kind of where I'm at. I, I mean, he's a little expensive for me because at this point because, I mean, we just don't know. The injuries are always in the history books, the PED suspensions. I mean, that's the only way at this point that we understand that's the only way that he could get through the season. So I'm with Chris on that one for sure. His teammate, yeah. Jalen, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I would rather take him over, you know, guys like Devontae Parker, Corey Davis, um, Russell Gage, you know, guys that are kind of going around that 11th, 12th round. If he happened to fall in that that area, I'll take his upside all day long. Absolutely. His explosive playmaking ability is is definite in that respect. His teammate Jalen Waddle, though, he looked good. He went, for, what, three for 21. He looks explosive. He looks like he's doing very well. Two was two was looking fantastic. Two was and, looking great, right? And I'm and I'm sitting here and I'm like, ooh, you know, all these things, all of these jokes that we made about Tua, you know, not being there, being the what did the coach call him, the relief pitcher, and and all this stuff. And I mean, now, you know, he he he, we saw that in in uh, before uh, OTAs where he bulked up, he looked a lot bigger, and we're saying, oh, he's got some meat on him this year. You know, maybe he's he's actually ready and dedicated. And right now, man, the way that he's playing. I mean, a lot of people would be a little bit reversed to say right now that they passed up on Tua at this point. Before his hip injury, he was the consensus number one overall pick yes, over Joe Burrow. All yes, right. I, I had him ranked above Burrow, uh, Burrow and, and everybody else. With another year removed from this injury, you know, with him getting healthier and healthier, with more weapons around him, Tua... Tungavaloa is going to be a top 12 fantasy quarterback this year. Ooh. And I don't think that's spice. I think that's okay. Yep. Even if he's like 11th or 12th, you know, like I think that's absolutely within the realm of possibility, given the opportunity that he has where he's healthier. It's another year in the system, more weapons around him, as long as they can stay healthy, good young defense around, you know, on the other side as well. Absolutely. I think that it's, Top 12 is absolutely possible for him. And you know what I love the most is the fact that he's got a guy like Jalen Waddle with him who has instant chemistry. And, mm-hmm. and they had it in Alabama. I, I'm man, I'm you're talking about Waddle and Tua together. I think it's gonna be an explosion by the time we get to like week eight. I think that's kind of where it's gonna take off. I think you're gonna see sprinkles here and there of greatness. And then I think probably week seven, eight is when we see this wow, what are the Dolphins putting together type of mode with Waddle, potentially Fuller, Gasecki, Parker, and, and company? I mean, I, Salvin Akmad, I'm a huge fan. You know this. I think they all have this, this collective balance role to make this team move forward and actually be that competitor. No, I completely agree. I think the first few weeks of the season is going to be like, you know, it's going to be like the foreplay. And then as the season goes on, it's just going to be all out. I'm not going to say what I want to say. <laughs> I was waiting. Why you can't build it up like that and not say it? Oh, man. We'll just say climax is at the end and you got to wipe something down. Well, I mean, that's okay, right? Orgasms for days, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> days. Orgasms for days. There we go. Ben Roethlisberger, Mr. Bubblegum gum Arm. I mean, he looked good, man. He, he looked like a spring chicken in that preseason game. He goes, what, 8 for 10, 137, two touchdowns. His current ADP is 12.09. And, I mean, uh, is, he, is he conning me right now? Is he conning me to get back into the yeah. love affair? Yeah. Because with weapons, with Najee, uh, I mean, the juices are I need, fl- I need- starting to flow. 
Yeah. You know, it's not flowing like the circulation through his arm. Like okay. that's what's not really <laughs> flowing right now. So I need you to do me a favor. I need you to quit this Ben Roethlisberger talk because he's going to hurt you okay. physically and emotionally. He's just going to just break you down. Okay. No, fair enough. I, I needed somebody to talk me off the cliff because, you know, I started walking towards it, especially after I saw his teammate there, the Muth catch those two Dude, touchdown Pat passes. Pat What did I tell you, man? Pat Fryermuth, mm -hmm. the Muth. He is this baller, man. He is so good. He's never, and I didn't know that. See, all that study I did on the man, and I had no idea. He's never dropped a red zone target. Do you know that? I know that now. Oh, see? That's insane. Insanity. They call him Baby Gronk. He doesn't like Baby Gronk, so I coined him the Mooth. Yeah. You know who else they called? Uh, oh, I, crap. And, of course, now that I say it, I forget the tight end's name. Um, but there was another Baby Gronk, and it may have been it may have been Troutman. It may have, but I feel like any any tight end that's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and like 250 or 260 pounds, they immediately tag him as Baby Gronk. Baby Gronk, <laughs> Hey, do you have a wingspan? Yeah, okay, baby grunt. But I mean, no, you know I, what? I, you, you show me that you can block and catch, yeah. then yeah, we'll talk about baby grunt. And this is what Muth does. I mean, he's very good in this respect. I mean, okay, he does have some refinement he needs in the in the blocking game. But I mean, overall, his game is so sound. And okay, he's not a burner. What was he? 4.72, if I'm not mistaken, on the 40. Yeah, but not, not a lot of tight ends are, you know? But he's a big guy, and and you're right. not really, and and it's not like Gronk was freaking uh, fleet of foot. I mean, what was he? Uh, Four point six eight on the forty, if my math is not fading me. But I mean, you're talking what point point oh four on the forty time in their prime. I mean, I, Muth Muth does it for me, man. I think he does everything that this offense really required. They want a tight end that can block. Eric Ebron's not that guy, and his hands are much better than Ebron's at this point. You're you're very inconsistent. So I, for me right now, I'd be actually very shocked because, I mean, he went two for 19 and two touchdowns in this game, caught both red zone passes from Ben, and this is why my love affair for Ben started to increase, and you completely made me go flaccid. Yeah, and, and don't be wrong. I think Ben could be... He's going to show flashes here or there, all right? But I do think that they lean a lot more on the running game this year than they did last year. So I think the passing attempts will certainly decrease, which is going to kind of cap that ceiling for him. Um, but I do think Fryermuth could be that, you know, that that safety valve for him, you know, where he may not be looking to sling the ball down the field like he did earlier in his career. So, if, you know, somebody like Fryermuth, who has that short to intermediate, you know, option for him, we could see Fryermuth as kind of like a low end tight end too, you know, like top top twenty four, top twenty five. Is it too much spice to say he might be top sixteen? I would be very surprised if he was top sixteen. I don't say this about a lot of rookie tight ends because we know how that comes. I mean, they need time. They, I get. They, it. Well, they need they need targets. Then that's the biggest target. thing. Absolutely. That's that's the reason why Evan Engram is the only tight end over the last like seven years to finish as a tight end one, his top 12 tight end, his rookie season, because OBJ was injured. Sterling Shepard, I believe, was also injured throughout the season as well. And there was no one else to throw the ball to. So if they get the targets, absolutely. But on this offense, with Deontay Johnson, Claypool, and Juju, I don't see him getting the, the target share in order to really make his case for like top 20. And I hear that, and, I, and I'm with it. But I mean, here's here's my speculation and potential uh, of what I'm talking about. In the red zone, clearly he will build that trust. It's going to be Claypool and Fryermuth in the red zone all the time. So even if he gets yep. 
30% of that share equating to what, how many red zone times do they go 35, 45 times in the red zone or whatever the number is you're, you're talking to a potential of six to eight touchdowns that puts him in the conversation. It does. If he gets a touchdown upside there, then cer- it certainly does because for tight ends to crack, you know, be a tight end one, you don't need a lot of receptions and receiving yards. It's, it does come down to touchdowns. I agree with you there. Um, but I'm not backing down from what I said earlier. Okay. Fair enough. I, I was trying and it just doesn't come. God damn it, man. Just, you know, help me out here. Throw me a freaking bone. Give me something to like today. You just, you literally bashed every player that I liked earlier in the show with <laughs> all these injuries true. and bad news. And it might, the, today's show might as well have just been named like, you know, how can I make Rem cry? <laughs> Kick Rem in the balls, dude. That's what this show is about, man. Corey Davis. Okay, here's another player that are, am, am I being fooled again? Here we go Ooh. to believe in the Corey Davis cake. And I mean, he goes four of six for 70 yards, looking fantastic with my guy, Zach Wilson. He goes nine for 11, 128, and two touchdowns uh, this past uh, uh, preseason contest. And I mean, you know me, we've been on Zach Wilson for as long as we can remember now. And I mean, mm-hmm. I was still not back in the Corey Davis argument in this offense, him being a true quote unquote wide receiver one. And I get it, you know, it's in the preseason, lesser competition, not the defensive backs that we want to see him go up against but he's making a case man for me to believe once again is this foolish talk me off this cliff man please god um i don't think it's foolish i do think that he has the opportunity to be the number one target for for wilson this year um and given his adp like yeah if he drops like the 13th round i'm more than okay with taking him um i will say this with davis though you know when he came back from his injury last year he really did show out he was absolutely crushing it with the Titans. And I think it just took a little bit of time for him to really develop and to mature. I don't know if I love that he has a rookie quarterback. I think having a veteran like Ryan Tannehill certainly helped him. Mm. So it might take a little bit more, you know, developing with him and his quarterback this year. But no, I'm I'm not jumping all over the Corey Davis train, but given the right value, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't mind taking a shot on him. Because my my pain is always that he, it's because he had AJ Brown uh, beside him when he couldn't do it himself before. And okay, I get it. You got Jamison Crowder, you got Elijah Moore here now, and I mean, you got running backs that you can utilize. Is he the one? Is he wide receiver one appeal ability in any offense? That's where my so. struggle is, right? And and it, where's he yeah. going right now? What's his ADP? Do you have that off by hand? Yeah, right now he's going at the end of the 11th round. Okay, fair enough. So that value isn't terrible. It's not, it's not bad at all. Um, I think that for me to feel a little more comfortable, like, you know, like I said, 13th round. Yeah, I'm, I, I would probably be smashing that that draft button. So then I'm going to reverse my even my own thought, because I think that at that point, 11th and 12th round, I can legit say that that is crazy value and that could actually have some ridiculous return on investment for you as a flex play. man. Yeah. Especially for a potential, a team's potential wide receiver one. I do think that, you know, Crowder might still be that guy. Elijah Moore is certainly going to, you know, develop into that guy for them as well. Um, But yeah, Corey Davis is is not that alpha number one receiver that you want to have on your team. He really is more of that secondary complementary role. 
Agreed. Agreed. I still like the value, though, now that you said he's going in the 11th to 12th mm-hmm. round. I like that. I just got some a little bit of chub. It, it's growing a little bit. That's nice. It's growing. It, yeah, it's it's like it's like a, you know, a, a straight chub, if, if you will. It, it, maybe it'll get there one day, but right now it's not. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Redraft games, man. Redraft games. Let's move on. Finish this out with redraft games why because the season is approaching and you guys are starting your drafts man this is exciting times i am excited i love it so let's dive in chris you ready for this i'm ready zach wilson or carson wentz i'm just looking at zach wilson i know Wentz. he's probably gonna probably gonna play week one don't get me wrong there yep absolutely super duper for him give me zach wilson I love what I've seen from him so far in the preseason. You know, the I like the maturity, I like the decision making, the touch, the the velocity, all of it. I'm 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 buying in more and more on him. I, I'm sold, man. Everything Zach Wilson, and this sucks because I have to cheer for a Jets player. It's almost as bad as cheering for a Patriots player. Like this is like blasphemous. And I mean, I love everything about his game right now. The throws he's making. So what I'm paying attention to in Zach Wilson's progression is what throws is he making? Is he completing? Mm -hmm. How difficult are they on a scale of one to 10? Are those big boy throws or are they check downs? You know what I'm saying? So I got to tend to agree, even though I like I'm on the Carson Wentz bandwagon. I I, I think I would at that point take a shot on, on Zach Wilson being my guy. Who knows? He could be a Herbert man. Number two. Ooh, that's a spicy take. You like that one? You like? I like it. Derek Carr or Sam Darnold? And be nice. You be nice. I'm going to be nice. Um, I am going to give the edge here to Derek to Derek Carr. <sighs> yep. I know. I know you you love you some Darnold, but um, Derek Carr is in a system that he's familiar with. You know, he doesn't have the weapons around him like Darnold does in in Carolina. I will say that. But I think that car is, is I don't want to say he's making progressions to being better because I just see the same guy year after year, Sure, <laughs> but I'm okay with that same guy year after year over a Sam Darnold until Darnold proves otherwise. So here's the thing. I would typically always agree with that rationale because Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. I have always supported Derek Carr because we've seen what he could do when he had 3,500 or 35 touchdowns, what almost 4,000 yards. He was, he was good. It's just the team around him sucked. So then that's my argument for Sam Darnold. Yep. You have one of the best running backs in the entire league. He is ultimate on the check down. He is your support valve. You have three wide receivers that are just going to be lights out this year, including DJ Moore, who I think is going to be phenomenal this season. I just don't see the ghost thing here. I think that was all New York and Adam Gase. And I think people really need to understand. He will understand the game with uh, Joe Brady and Matt Rule. I think this is kind of what everybody wants to see. I'm already there. I'm sold. If he if he fails me, then okay. You can come back at me and say, Chris, mm-hmm. you were an idiot. And that's fine. I'll eat this one. You talk about mountaintops. I think it's uh, Mount Everest times two for me on this one. And and I'm okay being here alone because it's cold, but it's going to start heating up, baby. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. He likes it a lot, he says. Let's jump to running backs, baby. James Robinson or J.K. Dobbins? Um, I'm going to give the edge to James Robinson here because we've seen what he, we could, we saw what he could do last year. Okay. I know you're shaking your head here. You don't like it, 
but I literally have James Robinson like two spots ahead of J.K. Dobbins, so it's not that far off right now. I've got I've got Robinson as my RB sixteen after the news, you know, with ETN. I've got J.K. as my RB eighteen. Okay. The reason why I'm taking Robinson over J.K. is because Robinson doesn't have a quarterback that will cap his rushing upside like Dobbins does, and that's what concerns me over in Baltimore is with Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to I'm going to give the edge to Robinson here because I'm not worried about Trevor Lawrence taking away any carries. OK, OK, I mean, frick, I, I, it's tough to argue. I mean, uh, James Robinson, we saw what he could do. That's that's the staple we saw and we understood. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence is going to up their passing attack. We know this. It's only going to help James Robinson. But for me, I don't think we got a fair shake of what JK is going to do. And I think for me, JK, even with Lamar Jackson's rushing upside and his, his ability to steal carries, you're talking 530 carries. I'm in it's, if uh, it's close, it's so damn Mm -hmm. close, uh, but it's JK for me. I'll continue with James Robinson, but with Miles Sanders, which one are you taking there? Oh, again, I'm going, I'm going Robinson here. I'm going with James Robinson. I love Miles Sanders. Like I am a huge Sanders truther supporter, however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. I need to see what he can do with a healthy offensive line. Last year, that low line was banged up. The quarterback carousel, you know, was just absolutely ridiculous. I do think that he played better though with Hertz as the quarterback, though, because he saw Hertz added that, you know, that extra dynamic of being able to use his legs. It got the defense thinking. Now like I made the argument early earlier with a quarterback that may cap the running backs rushing upside. Mm-hmm. I don't think that hurts is going to be running as often as what we've seen in years past with Lamar Jackson. So I don't think it hurts Sanders as much, um, but I will still give the edge to James Robinson here. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I'm, I, I have to agree because I mean, miles to me is one of those guys. Now he is on the prove it year for me. If he fails, yeah, I got to cut bait man with my love because uh, it, Man, this is an offense that you could definitely do damage with. Improved offensive line, rushing upside of quarterback, wide receivers. Yeah, I'm with you. James Robinson over Miles. Trey Sermon or Melvin Gordon? Oh, see, that's an interesting one because, you know, well, in San Francisco where, you know, everyone's going to be getting like 600 carries, you know, according to Shanahan, you know, then then that could very well be the case. Um, for the first half of the season, I would say Melvin Gordon, because I do think in the second half of the season, it's going to be all Javante Williams. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Trey Sermon here. I do think that he is going to overtake this, this, uh, you know, this backfield over in San Francisco. And with Melvin Gordon, I just, it's tough because I haven't ranked fairly similarly, very closely, mm-hmm. but I love the upside with Sermon and what he could do in that offense. Okay. Fair enough. I, I don't hate the argument because it's a very tough one and we don't know how these backfields are really going to shake out. I mean, uh, Mostert. Yeah. You still in, I don't know if I am. I like it. I, I'm okay with it. That's a little spicy, but I'm okay with it. Now. Yeah. I, I you like know what it. though? I think it also depends on when, not if, but when, Trey Lance takes over the starting position in San Francisco. Yes. If it's, if it's later in the season, I'm staying, I'm sticking with sermon, but if he does, if he takes over early in the season, then I think it's going to be Melvin Gordon over sermon. Oh, Oh, 
see, and I, man, I get it, man. The percentage is always back that for running quarterbacks, removing it, but now the efficiency rate. So this is where I bank it. So if that happens, I change it up to efficiency rate and see where I can get the most and expel the most from my running back. So I, I don't disagree with your argument. I think you're on point. I just, uh, we don't know what the percentages are going to be either for like a guy like uh, Javante or for Trey Sermon because they're rookies. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But yeah, I mean, it's an interesting topic. 110%. Damian Harris or Rojo? Oh, oh. So, all right. I'm going Damian Harris here. And I say that because oh, this is going to hurt me to say it. I do think that Mac Jones is probably going to start the season as the, as the Pats starting quarterback. Yes, um, I got him. And that does, yes. that doesn't hurt me as a Pats fan. That makes me excited as a Pats fan. It hurts me for losing, potentially losing a bet. Um, but with that being said, Mac Jones isn't going to be taking away any carries inside the 10 or the five, like Cam Newton does. And Damien, Damien Harris was phenomenal last year when he had the full workload but of course, he kept getting vultured with those touchdowns from Cam Newton. Mac Jones isn't going to do that. So I'm going with Mac. Well, I'm sorry, not Mac Jones, but I'm going with Damian Harris here. Yeah, I like it. I mean, see, there's there's the thing that your argument based on running quarterbacks, vulturing guys. Cam Newton is that vulture over yes. any other quarterback that is pissing me off when it comes to running backs. That part of your argument works 110% for Cam in this uh, in this backfield. So, I mean, I like it. You know, Rojo's kind of creeping up for me, too. I mean, with Tom Brady, he bulked up. He looked good. I mean, it's a tough one. But, yeah, I got to go Harris, too. I think it's very good. Concluding on wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins or Calvin Ridley? Oh, that's a good one. Um, and it sucks because I have them ranked back-to-back with each other right now. I'm going to go Calvin Ridley, though. You know, no Julio. Uh, he's, don't you shake your head at me, young I, man. I'm I know I, I know what I'm doing here. I know what um, you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, I'm going Ridley. Um, I do think that he's gonna he's gonna get the targets. Um, it's a defense that's still not very good. They're gonna be throwing the ball quite a bit over there in Atlanta. And I love the 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 ability with Ridley. The health it could be a little bit of a concern for me, but I am gonna give him the edge over Hopkins, even though. Not only are they ranked back to back for me, they're being drafted one right after the other in redraft right now. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. That's why I put them together. I was like, oh, this is a very nice one. And I mean, you, you, you said everything very eloquently. And, and I mean, I, I agree with everything. And the one point that I agree with the most makes me shift my favor to DeAndre Hopkins and it's the injuries to Calvin. Injuries. Yep. And, and, and that's, if you're, if you're spending that type of capital and we know this, I mean, if you're, if you're investing that heavily with that big of a pick, I got to go with Mr. Reliable and Hopkins just shows it year in, year out. Could the upside be better for Ridley based on all those points that you said? Absolutely. It could. Um, but I'm going with a safety net in Hopkins at this point. DeAndre Hopkins or DJ Moore? Or sorry, Deontay um, Johnson or DJ Moore? Excuse me. Oh, I was just saying I'm, I'm going to take Hopkins. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm going to uh, I'm going to give the edge to DJ Moore here. And because it's not as crowded in his offense as it is in Pittsburgh, I think there's going to be a lot of you know targets to go around there. In Carolina, DJ Moore is still the guy, you know, outside of CMC, who's going to get a ton of targets out of the backfield. DJ Moore is still the number one receiver in Carolina. And I love the, the offense that he's in. He, he gets an upgraded quarterback with Sam Darnold yes! over Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. 
kind of threw up my mouth a little bit right there, but I we're okay. It, we're gonna man. move on. Everything, everything is working. <laughs> See, spend enough time with me, I'll make you believe. And uh, and and I just I love DJ Moore's talent. Like he's one of my favorite receivers in the league, and I'm excited to see what he can do in the year two. You know, in this Joe Brady offense. Fair enough. And I'm with you, Ray. I don't even need to say anything because you said it all beautifully. DJ Moore is my guy here as well. It's close, but it's DJ Moore. Yep. Darnell Mooney or Marvin Jones? Oh, see, I think I think Marvin Jones is going to be a big sleeper this year. I really, really do. Um, and I'm a huge Mooney fan. You know, from the end of last season, I was super excited to see what he was going to do. Damn. This is ah, oh, this sucks. I hate you so much. Thank you. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going. I'm going Marvin Jones. I'm oh, going with a veteran receiver sure. with a rookie quarterback. I think that you know his route running ability and his you know his just veteran savviness is going to help him with with Trevor Lawrence. So again, it's close. I'm gonna give the slight edge to Marvin Jones. And I don't hate it because I'm I'm back in both these guys. I think yeah. if you have if you, this is going to be the hardest part of this round of ADP for wide receivers that you make. And I truly believe it because these guys are both very uh very good players. We we know more about Marvin Jones. This offense in Jacksonville is going to be very good. Well, passing wise, much improved and Marvin Jones is very capable. However, I am too pot committed on uh, balls to the wall, Mooney, and I am doing it a full Mooney, and and I gotta go, man. I'm I'm telling you, I I I've been drafting him way in the off season already in these dynasty leagues and these and fish bowls and all this crap, man. I'm I'm gonna stick to my word. I I think it's Mooney all day long. All right, I've got I no, let me let me turn the tables on you a little bit. I got one for you here. <laughs> this is all not right? how this works. Well, this is how it's going to go. Damn it. Chris Godwin or Julio Jones? Oh, frick. Why? Why would you do it, man? You know what? This is my <laughs> game. This isn't your this game. This is because I love you. <laughs> oh, Christ. I mean, you know, you know what it is, though? I got to go alpha all the way. I got to go Julio. I, I love mm-hmm. Godwin. I think he's an exceptional talent. And I think, you know, barring health, I mean, they're both injury often. I got to go Julio. I think he's going to find enough ways to make plays and he's playing with AJ Brown, man. That's just going to be no joke. I think they're, they're right around the same ADP. I'm assuming. They're literally like two picks apart from each other. Yeah, 405 so and 407. Yeah. I'm, I, the value for me is, is very much there. So I think I'm going to go with Julio. I'll stick with Julio. Yep. I also was going to go with Julio, but I had to check. Nicely done. Nicely done. Last one I got, man. Well, well this has been a good show. Jalen Rager or Rondell Moore. Ooh, so I, I, this is early and I love, I love Rager. I really want him to succeed. It's not a make or break year for him because it's only his second year in the league. Um, but I really love the potential of Moore and Kyler Murray over there in Arizona. I'm, I'm going, I'm going more just because I think they're going to have more firepower and they're going to put up more points than what's going to happen in Philadelphia. See, we're friends, man. We're friends to end the show. Look at that. <laughs> He, ch- he changes his number again to number four from what it was 84. And mm-hmm. can, can I just say, you know, with these NFL players, can you stop changing your numbers, man? Cause I can't keep up. Okay. I got enough problems in my life to understand what you guys are doing with your damn Jersey number. Yeah. Like what the, so I was, I was playing the new Madden Madden 22 the other day 
and they have all the updated, you know, rosters with all the numbers. And I think I was playing the Rams and I'm like, who the hell is number five? And I was like, oh, that's Jalen Ramsey. I forgot that he changed his number. Awesome. <laughs> Why is number five killing me out here? Who is Why? this guy? Why is their quarterback just like picking me <laughs> off every play? Why is their punter on the defense? What is going on? Exactly. Yeah, man, it's enough. Already. The biggest, the biggest change is going to be getting used to all of these new numbers as we're watching the games. Seriously, man, Matt Judon wearing what number nine? I was like, what the hell is he doing? Yeah, confusing me, man. You're confusing me. But that's all I got, man. This has been a good show, Chris. Very good show. Always a good show, man. Especially, Always. you know, this is a great way for people to kick off their weeks, you know, because everyone every now and then gets a case of the Mondays. You know, sometimes they have a terrible Tuesday. So we want to make sure that we're there giving them a wonderful Wednesday. Yes. Hump Day Wednesday is, you know, Chris and Chris back in the mix. Yeah. T I think T-shirts have to be made. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Or, or if you want to have a whiskey Wednesday, you could do that, too. I'm not going to fault you. Yeah, me neither, man, because, you know, I'm having it on Tuesday. I'm just getting ready. Whiskey too. I have it on a day that ends in day. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, man, before we close this out, Jake has an important message for y'all. So listen up. Yeah, real quick though, before we get out of here, I want to take a quick second here, Chris, and I want to make sure I shout out our, our partners here for the year at Fantrax.com. I mean, Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, hands down, right now, offering the greatest fantasy experience for you, uh, for your dynasty keeper, redraft, best ball leagues, whatever it is you play. They have you covered, and we want to make sure we get you guys in a position to really come in and play with us this year. We're going to have some best ball challenges with some cash prizes coming up here in the coming weeks, but you can set up your account now, and it's 100% free. So head over to Fantrax.com slash headliners, sign up for that free account, and then stay tuned to our Twitters, to our YouTubes, the, the community tabs on YouTube, all over the place. We're going to be posting links for these upcoming best ball challenges totally looking forward to that but make sure you head over there and sign up for that account right now fantrax.com slash headliners so on that note that is the show thanks so much for tuning in you can find me on twitter at chris underscore fh1 you can find chris on twitter at chris kennedy 318 to all the listeners thank you for all the support on behalf of chris thanks again for listening until next time stay safe and be kind to each other i'm out